Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. So lots to talk about. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, yesterday the Denver Broncos made a whopping 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10 roster moves. And today they followed that up with three more, although, in fairness, one of them was just bringing Noah Fant off the reserve list for the CV. But how do you interpret some of these roster moves? Is it just simply a result of the injury bug doing yeah. its thing? Or is this George Payton's never-ending search for you know the best roster of all time? Well, I think there's a little bit of a balancing act because after the season, you hand out these reserve feature contracts to players that have been around the the program for the entire year on the practice squad. So I think Peyton wants to evaluate some players for the future, but also injuries dictate that. Yesterday, they brought back Avery Williams, an inside linebacker, after Justin Sternod was moved to the CV list. And we all know the injury uh, problems at inside linebacker. They also brought aboard former Eagles, three-time former Eagles offensive tackle, never appeared in a regular season game. His name is Casey Tucker. And that's because, as we know, Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey are both nursing uh, ankle injuries right now, lower body injuries. So I think injury bug, it being week 10, the, the grind of the season dictated these moves. I'm not too surprised at any of them, though I am surprised that Avery Williamson wanted to come back after requesting his release a couple weeks ago. What do we know about how it didn't work out for him in Tennessee? Do we know the storyline behind that? I think they wanted to get other players more playing time. He's getting a little long in the tooth and different direction. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Williamson, to quote you, Zach, a career 85 game starter, originally signed to the Broncos 
practice squad October 5th. He never played a snap and days later rejoined the Tennessee Titans who released him November 2nd. So he spent, we'll call it a month with Tennessee. And in the meantime, the Broncos had to figure out, Zach, how to make some hay. And so they acquired Kenny Young. And Kenny Young's playing well. Baron Browning, they've had to turn to him because Justin Sternod, before, long before he landed on the CV list, was simply not cutting the mustard. So now you got to wonder exactly how Avery Williamson fits in on this second go-round. Wow, thank you, Seth. Very, very generous, bro. We love you. We appreciate you. Hey, shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and let us get you out a little uh, T-shirt or hat, something as a thank you for just how phenomenal you are in how you support us, how you support all the pods here. Thank you, Seth. He says, I'm just dropping in, excited to watch the show tomorrow. So send that email tomorrow, Seth. Thank you. You to man. Um, we got one also before we, uh, let me, let me shut this down for a second. Let me grab this Christian super chat. Christian loves jumping in early, getting a super in. And we appreciate that. You're helping us to set the tone, my dog. And it means a lot to us. He says, do you still think Vic Fangio and his staff will be gone after this season? So Zach have two consecutive wins against NFC East opponents, one in very convincing and impressive fashion changed your outlook on Vic's outlook no I mean we're gonna two wins are gonna outweigh four straight losses I don't think so Chad I'm throwing away the Washington win they needed to beat that team and they barely eked past them the Cowboys victory was impressive I'll give them that I think there was a letdown factor to Dallas though losing that game and trailing 30 nothing by the fourth quarter but the Broncos came to play they had a game plan they pushed the ball downfield they were aggressive on both sides Fangio was fired up we've been down this you know we've covered this already so I give him credit for that but it's a week by week audition for Vic Fangio Pat Shermer and the rest if they can beat Philadelphia that would inspire more confidence they lose to Philadelphia a team they really have no business losing to before the bye week then Fangio goes right back on the hot seat Chad it's all about production and results they make the playoffs I think he deserves to stick around if he doesn't I think it's time for him to go the key as you say is consistency turning the ship around I mean you got to show that these last two games are not a fluke because the rule not the exception has been Fangio's alarming penchant for presiding over Bronco teams that go on two three four game losing streaks and, you know, it's uh, it's just not something that a competent head coach uh, allows to happen. Now, on that topic, Zach, it was interesting today. Teddy steps up to the podium and um, a lot of good insights from him today. It's his birthday today, as is it Drew Locke's <laughs> birthday. They share a birthday. What do you know? Don't ask um, Vic Fangio that. You see that tweet? You see his response? Well, I saw I was I was there. I was checking it out as it was live, and he, he said, "By the way, it's Teddy's birthday today, so wish him a happy birthday." And then someone it's, says to him, "In the I can't forgive me, Chris. I don't know which media said it's Drew's too." And he goes, "Yes, correct, it, it is. is Drew Locks." I mean, f him. That's literally what he's saying. I mean, if it wasn't obvious, Chad, that Vic Fangio does not like Drew Lock at all, I mean, that was the proof of that right there on his birthday. Ouch. But here's my point, though. Teddy today talked about. You know, they're feeling good. You got two straight wins, one of which was just, you know, surprised everybody on the planet Earth. And so the question is, Teddy, how can you not only keep this going, this momentum, ride it, grow it, 
but forestall from dipping back, you know, backsliding to the team you were on that O and four slide from, you know, week four uh, until week, what was it, week seven, through week seven. Quote, you just got to respect the game, respect your opponent, and never forget that dark place that we were in a couple weeks ago. This is a time in sports where it can be dangerous. Just a couple weeks ago, you were hearing, ah, you guys suck. Get rid of this person. Trade this guy. Then you win a game or two, and it's like, oh, you're the best. You've got to ignore it all because in this game, there's going to be highs, going to be lows. I think when you go through these moments, when you're losing, it tests your character. Teddy dropped some wisdom, man. Sometimes I love just listening to what this guy has to say. A lot of great insights to finish his quote with us. It was a test of our character during those four weeks that we didn't come away with a win to come away with two wins in a row that tests your character. Also, how are you going to respond? Are you going to feel like you've arrived or are you going to approach it? Like, Hey man, our job is not done. We've still got this game to focus on. And then several more after this, you've just got to respect the game and respect your opponent. So Zach, another phrase he used today is you can't take the cheese. And I love that. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, and then we'll grab Michaela. It, it's funny that he mentioned that because that's a phrase that Mike McCarthy used after the Broncos beat the doors off the Cowboys. And it means, you know, you fell for the trap. You caught yourself in that trap and you can't get out of it now when you suffered because of it. So it's it's nice to see the Broncos hopefully don't fall into that because Philadelphia, after beating the Cowboys like they did on a two-game winning streak right before the bye week, building some momentum, Philadelphia – it can be classified as a trap game. It can be a letdown scenario for the Broncos. And luckily they have someone like Teddy Bridgewater who's experienced enough and been through it enough to understand uh, the mindset you have to have. So it was knowledge there, but they have to just play their brand of football. It's one thing to talk about it. Like Vic Fangio said, it's all BS, the psychological aspect and talking about it and motivation. Just go out there and be about it. Just go play like you did and you'll have no problem. The Duchess with a top rope super chat. Just blows us away, your generosity, your support. Thank you. Uh, much love. You know we love you. Appreciate you. She says, how is it going, boys? Much love to all. It's going pretty good. I'll be honest with you. You know, a little, um, you know, as a, as a parent, you, you have to kind of tamp down like whack-a-mole drama from the kids every once in a while, especially if you have teenage boys. Trust on this. But uh, better than uh, more, more good than bad let me put it that way she wants to know how is how hurt is Sertan that's the million dollar question Michaela because a report came it was either Sunday night or early Monday from Jeff Legwald of ESPN per sources Broncos expect Sertan to miss multiple games or actually I think it was multiple weeks uh within the I mean same thing but still uh when you're talking about a buy coming up next after this game then you're talking about weeks Yet today, Zach, when Vic Fangio, because this is first day of preparation for the next game, right? They were off yesterday. They're back in the building today. So before practice, Vic Fangio gets up there and he is handed a list by his handlers of the injured players, all right, that he has to list and be ready to field questions on if he's asked. Omitted, Zach, from that list was Patrick Sertan. And he was asked, hey, is Sertan did you guys forget to just put him on the list? Cause you know, he's like, you know, I'm not sure on that, but yeah, you're right. He's not on here. Then practice rolls around shortly after Zach and Sertan's out on the field. He's suited up minus the helmet. He's out there for stretches, warm ups, and all that. And then 
stands to the side. So I'm now suddenly optimistic. Maybe you don't get him this week. He didn't participate in practice, Zach, but I'm a lot more bullish on maybe he won't be gone as at all than I was just yesterday. Yeah, you have to weigh whether you need Patrick Sertan to beat the Eagles. If you feel like you need him, they have Devontae Smith, they have Jalen Rager, they have uh, Quez Watkins, they have some running backs that can catch passes, they have some receiving threats, but I think the Broncos, if Kyle Fuller plays as stable as he did last week, and they get some contribution like they did from Ronald Darby and Simmons and, and the safety core, you can beat Philadelphia without Patrick Sertan and not risk his health for the rest of the season. And with a bye week the following week, it's so tempting to be safer than sorry, put him in mothballs, and we'll see you in week 12. I think that would be the, the way the Broncos go. But fortunately, it's on a multi-week injury. It's a lot less severe than Legwald reported. Thank you so much, Michaela. We love you. You know this. Um, Donald Netanyahu with an interesting question. And it's funny because this, what he's observing here, occurred to me in the moment, and I'll explain to you why I brushed it off, but he says, did anyone else realize that uh, Tim Patrick, what he did after his 44-yard touchdown in Dallas when he recreated the Terrell Owens celebration on the Cowboys star? So, Zach, when I when he did this, right, he does, puts his head up and goes like this, I thought, ooh, he's poking the bear here. Maybe he is because then he talked about later that they disrespected us, blah, blah, blah. But I've seen him do that celebration before when he scores, and so I'm – I'll be frank with you. I think it was more of a coincidence. I don't tend to believe in coincidence, but in this case, I do think it's the exception. I think, though, if you're Tim Patrick, you have to be aware of that moment and T.O.'s famous gesture that if you do that celebration, you're going to you know, you're gonna tie it to what T.O. did. And George Teague was the guy, by the way, that knocked him off the start. Yes, yes. He made me think of that the other night. Right. Um, Scott says George Teague. He's my man. Yeah, Defender of the Star. As uh, when he when he signs his autograph, he signs it Defender of the Star. And you know what's funny about that is um, I used to think for the longest time it was Roy Williams, the safety. Remember the former Texas safety? I think it was Texas. Um, yeah, not the know? receiver Roy Williams, no, 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 the no. actual good one. Yeah, he had a he. You know, he didn't last as long as you expected him to, based on what he was in college. But anyway, we digress. Travis Tarbox, what's good, bro? Good to see you. Thank you for your support, my friend. He says, good evening, Priest and Broncos country. Ready for another win this weekend. Let's hope, man. If you can get, if you can string through three wins entering your bye, man, the, and that, and then from there, you're really in the stretch run because all but one of your division games remain to be played. So, like, you could really, Zach, make some hate. If you're these Denver Broncos, you stack one more win, get to the bye, lick your wounds a little bit, and then prepare for, you know, the stretch run, all things suddenly become possible. Yeah, when you were saying that, the phrase control your own destiny popped into my mind because essentially the Broncos would, if they go into the break at 6-4, and four, you're right in the thick of things with the Chargers kind of taking a downturn, the Chiefs going through whatever they're going through this year, and the Raiders are going through it as well. So they have to get this victory. It's so monumental, but I'm not looking past anyone on the Broncos' schedule any longer. You know, fool me once, fool me twice, they fool me three times. It's a week-by-week -week trial, a week-by-week -week audition. You take down Philadelphia, we'll talk then. Man, I was, I was hoping you were going to say thrice. Fool me once, fool me <laughs> twice, and then you had the chance. Yeah. Fool me thrice. That's uh, my bad. Claude, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate your support, all your stars, everything you do for us, my friend. He says, what's up, fellas? The best duo in the business. Thank you. Thank you, dog. 
Uh, thanks for always bringing the best Broncos content available. Go Broncos. You're kind. We love you. Hall of Famer. Mount Rushmore. You're Mount Rushmore. Here's a touche. Uh, I'm just going to read it so we can grab Drew from Corey Johnson. Our Chad, this is at 618. Our Chad and Zach waiting 30 minutes to start like the Bronco offense for most of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Nice work there, Corey. Drew, another legendary Mount Rushmore super chat superstar here at MHH. Appreciate you, bro. Hope you're doing well. He says, hopefully we can keep Williamson around this time. Okay. Sternod was inconsistent starting. Browning has potential, but I've been pretty impressed by Kenny Young. The guy makes plays all over the field. That he does. And what I like the most so far about Kenny is just his intensity. You know, and that's just – it's not something that you can coach. I mean, I guess right. you can you can coach intensity. That's probably the wrong thing. But it needs to be an internal – internally sourced attribute and Kenny Young go all the way back to when he was playing at UCLA, man, that dude has his own motor. He marches to the beat of his own drum. And that drummer is like the, you know, he's Lars Ulrich or he's, uh, you know, Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Like this dude is the fastest motor drummer of all time type guy. Love seeing that. Just needs to smooth out some of the edges, Zach, in terms of getting the scheme down and it'll come, but in coverage, he's been a little touch and go, but he's just a swarming, physical, intense uh, guy to watch, and he's a lot of fun to watch. You know, having energy, that's a branch off the tree of leadership, and to your point, Chad, you either have leadership or you don't. You're born with it. It's a trait. It's a gift. It's a skill, and I think Kenny Young has that. There's been no coincidence as to why he arrived in town, coming in fresh. He takes a starting spot right away, and the Defense looks night and day different. They're playing with more fire, more want to, more passion. They're wrapping uh, people up better, better tackling, just better play overall. And Kenny Young is a big factor for that. I do think he has a future in Denver based on the way he's playing so far. And when you look at a player like that versus a player like Josie Jewell or Todd Davis, two good but not great kind of low-energy guys. They don't bring the thunder. They don't bring the noise. It's so refreshing to have that back in the middle of the Broncos' defense. If he stays healthy, I think he gets a deal from Denver. Rod TV, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate that super chat. He says, I don't think they should start Fant. The tight ends without Fant. Uh, the run blocking is better. No crazy penalties, and they actually get more yards after contact like uh, Albert O. Well, I feel you on that. In fact, today when I was writing the news article for MHH that uh, Fant had been activated off the reserve list, I said, look, so, some fans might you know, be like, oh, man, we're getting, that. We're getting Fant back. Because, you know, as you talked about earlier on the subject of Vic Fangio, Zach, it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and Fan hasn't done much for Broncos country this year. You know, he's really not lived up to his, what is it, third-year expectations. But you can't deny this cat and his explosive athleticism and that threat he brings to the table as a pass catcher. And so hopefully the Broncos can kind of scheme around what has been a uh, leaky kind of joint for him when fans on the field as a blocker. But, uh, dude, just give it to Javante. You know, he'll break three tackles and rumble 35 yards with Quinn Miners at his hip. 
Well, first of all, I think Albert O, was he a DNP or limited today? I, I mean, he's a little banged yeah. up too. He's, he did not participate. So they're going to need Noah Fant to play because I don't want Eric Salbert starting at tight end. The thing about Noah Fant, he hasn't been overly good. His blocking has not been good for sure. But conversely, he has no business being asked to block that much. Pat Shermer left him way too much one-on-one -on, -one on an island with some of the best edge rushers in the NFL from TJ Watt to Max Crosby. That is unacceptable when you have a player of Noah Fant's stature. You don't see TJ Hawkinson blocking guys like a, a sixth offensive lineman on the field. You see him catching passes. That's what he was drafted to do. And I think, and this goes back to coaching, if he had a coordinator that was uh, uh, more creative in getting Noah Fant involved, and I think a quarterback that had better chemistry with Fant, like Drew Locke did, you'd see different results. Randy, you're the man, dude. That was a you tied a record for biggest uh, star donation on Facebook just now, and you're right. Today is the 246th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, it was 1775, right? If I'm not mistaken, I know these things. Okay, thank you for your service, says Randy, and we echo that. Thank you for your service to all of our. Yep armed forces and we have more than one superstar and member of the community that is either active duty or veteran a shout out to chris hernandez and randy i don't know if you are if if you are a active duty or a veteran i wasn't aware of that but either way bro thank you so much and zach on that topic here's where we stand on the uh giveaway goal on facebook for the month of november the goal two hundred thousand stars when we reach it, we are going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. So pick your player. That's what we'll do. The only people that are in the running are those who contribute to the goal as far as the raffle. And we are at 63% complete. And as I mentioned on Sunday, guys, if we hit goal by middle of the month, so by November 15th, if we hit this goal, we're going to – raffle it right then and there and create another goal to hit for the month of November. We could end up doing multiple giveaways in the month of November. So uh, here's who's in the running right now for the month of November, the top stars rando right at the top. No surprise. Followed by another great member of our community, Travis Weber, Doug Raquel, the aviator himself, Shane Daniels, Matthew Beatty, Andrew Lampy, Michael Ronquillo, Andrew Baker. And by the way, Michael, hope that new phone's treating you well. Also, shout out to Jeremy and your new phone. Andrew Baker, great dude. We got a chance to kick it with him a little bit a couple uh, months back or whatever it was. Travis Tarbox at 9, Tim Hoffman at 10. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Marcus Lewis Henna jumping in uh, as well with some stars. He says, love and respect from the UK to MHH and Broncos fan everywhere. Respect. Uh, Andrew Lappy says, yo, how are all my Broncos peeps? Jumping in with some stars. And Tim Hoffman as well with some serious star flexing. So thank you, guys. I have little doubt, Zach, we're going to hit goal by the 15th. And so we'll come up with another one to push toward for the end of November. Yeah, nothing – you guys never cease to amaze us. And I want to echo what Chad said about, you know, uh, our respect to the veterans. We appreciate your service. But did you all hear about the Dalvin Cook story? I mean, my God. It, it, you didn't no, hear about that, Chad? I didn't. Tell me. Well, this was from Schefter himself, and it looked like a random word generator sent this tweet out. Apparently, a female U.S. Uh, Marine sergeant, he she had a uh, garage door opener of Dalvin Cook's, broke into his house, and then maced him and the guest that he was with. That's what we know so far. 
Yo. And they're both kind of suing each other for domestic violence and uh, extortion, this and that. It's wild. That is wild. That is wild. Uh, Travis Weber, what's going on, brother? He says, uh, good evening, Chad, Zach, Broncos country. With Elway, in case you guys missed it, John Elway, who has been on the NFL's competition committee now for at least five years of the 11 he's been in the front office, stepped down, resigning from the NFL competition committee. His question, with Elway resigning from the committee, is this the beginning of the signs that he's completely done with football? It is, my dog. He yeah. said, you know, his contract runs out after this year. It's over. Elway's out, dude. George Payton, the baton has, got, has been passed to him. And then, you know, we'll see what happens when the ownership situation gets resolved. But, yes, this is more evidence on the trail of Elway not intending to either push for an extension or either he might have already even been told, Zach, we're not going to extend you. It's time to kind of pass the baton, um, you know, and do it gracefully because he is the most legendary player to ever, you know, suit up in orange and blue, most legendary executive as well. So you got to treat his his uh, farewell with kid gloves because he is John Elway. If you want to read a little deeper into it, you might speculate that it's an indication he doesn't intend to pursue ownership of the Broncos if he's stepping out of football entirely. But I think it's mostly surface level. I think what you said and what the the refrain from Travis here is saying is that, yeah, he's out. He wants to spend time with his grandkids and uh, enjoy the next chapter of his life. I think that's the biggest takeaway here. It's nothing deeper than that. There's no conspiracy. And it's smart on Elway's part to get out of that NFL stronghold right now, considering how much bad press they're taking all the way around from Washington to Vegas to uh, Henry Ruggs and Aaron Rodgers, all the stuff going on right now. I think Elway's smart to kind of go off into the, uh, the good, uh, the good night. Hey, man, he has made his contributions to not just the Broncos, but the NFL. Go enjoy what remains of your life in your um, early 60s still. He's got plenty of time left, tons of money. Go enjoy life. Gary Leeds Palmer, what's up? GLP in the house. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, I hope this is a trend and not a fluke. Happy birthday to Teddy and Drew. And, of course, GLP is speaking to the winning streak. We agree, my friend. Terrence, shout out to you, my friend. He says, still riding high off that great Broncos win. Sleep has come a bit easier this week. Yeah, hopefully the uh, juice at the water cooler is back too, right? You got slightly better bragging rights than you did after beating the WTF. WFT. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> my bad. Andrew Baker should, just says, uh, chiming in with some stars saying, just showing some love and vibes for this next win and a prayer to yeah. one damn week without injuries from your lips to the ears of the football gods my friend was that ever determined by the way had the broncos went one week this season without suffering an injury legit curious i know i mean it's one thing to suffer an injury it's going to happen every game but an injury that costs a key player starter either going on injured reserve or done for the year like injured reserve nowadays means like hey chance to come back most of the time, or a lot of the time, it used to mean like if you hit a, if you're going to injured reserve, you're done, yeah. done. Like there was no, based on rules, you could not bring anyone back. Uh, the Boog Meister, okay, he changed it. That's what I thought, dude. I thought you were trying to say Meister. You got your phonetics in line. Appreciate that. Much easier for us to interpret. He says, had to change the spelling of the name. Now it makes sense. Do you think Young and uh, Stephen Weatherly, if they keep playing this way, deserve a contract 
definitely young. I'm still, uh, Zach, I'm still kind of juries out on Weatherly. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're going to need edge help and depth moving forward with Vaughn gone. So we'll see. But young so far, I think, is definitely, you know, the trajectory is playing toward, you know, George Payton coming to him maybe sometime in December even and saying, hey, here's right. here's a two-year contract to stick around with us. Sign it. I think necessity works in Young's favor because they don't have any inside linebackers under contract pretty much, at least not Josie and not Alexander Johnson. And Kenny Young's also a UFA, so you still have Malik Reed under contract. You picked up Bradley Chubb's fifth-year option at outside linebacker, so you're kind of a Jonathan Cooper will be under contract as well. So Weatherly is going to have to really, really impress, and he has so far, but not as much as Kenny Young. That guy looks like a long-term starter, not just a backup. Most definitely. Uh, let me see something here. I'm just checking the back end. Oh man, we've got uh, we've got Eclipse Stormborn on Facebook dropping some stars. Been a while, Troy. How you how you been, bro? Appreciate that. Um, all right. Let me. Uh, all right. Good to know. It's Lewis, not Luis. Appreciate that clarity. Um, okay. Let me see here. I want to make sure I'm not missing any anything here in the the old chat stand by uh benjamin wants to know what's up does it still show facebook user when i comment nope it's your it's as you could see that's you bro anyway this is uh eclipse stormborn right here dude legendary mount rushmore superstar don't know where you've been lately my dog but we're just glad to have you back we're glad to have you in the chat and i saw that you were in uh this chat, I think, either last night or for um, Broncos for Breakfast. So great to have you. He says, happy hump day, Priest and Broncos fam from Philly. Hey, he's got to represent because he lives in Philly, and the birds are coming to mile high this uh, this weekend. So, yeah, you got a chance for some true bra- uh, bragging rights back home, my friend. It's good to see you, Troy. Thank you. Uh, Riddles, a newer name on Super Chat, so welcome. welcome. Appreciate it. Connect on Twitter. He says, weird season. Just when you want to get rid of coaching staff, they muster up a big win. Hats off to staff for once. Yeah, I mean, aside from Tom McMahon, credit to all the the Broncos coaches last week. They did a phenomenal job. Like, even Pat Shermer did a really, really good job, Zach. Yeah, I credit where it's due. I I think Pat Shermer had a, a good feel for the game, and he was calling plays that were conducive to 2021 football, bubble screens to Jerry Judy and running back screen passes. Leaning on Javante Williams was nice, Chad. Vic Fangio was fired up. So, yeah, it's you know it's, it comes at a, a pivot point when you think one more loss would push the Broncos over the edge and force George Payton's arm to get rid of the coaches. Now they win a game convincingly, and you wonder what the future is. We just want to see it keep going, though. We don't want it to be a mirage. We, know we don't want it to be a one-week fluke. We want to see the real Broncos come out like they did, they, they did last week and keep that going. Like Teddy said, they just have to remind themselves of that four-week pit of despair they played themselves into and don't read the press clippings don't take the cheese doug raquel right with you bro thank you for the stars he says hey let's beat those eagles travis tarbox who did you see in san diego chad i flew um um uh, i went and saw pennywise uh strung out deviates i'm friends with some of those guys and uh so i was able to just hang out with them backstage kick it watch the show it was a lot of fun but it was a quick turnaround. I flew in. I was 
flying out within 24 hours, and uh, it was a blast. Love seeing Pennywise. One of my top three favorite bands all time. Um, and shout out to Dylan Von Arks, who is just in the chat every night, getting things done, helping us moderate, helping some, doing some of the uh, lifting that is on Scott Kennedy. Dylan, you're the man, dude. We still need to get together and chat. We need to talk here soon, buddy. Um, okay. JJ, what's good, JJ? Appreciate you. I watched all this year's Eagles games the last couple days. If we can run the ball half as well this week as last, Teddy and the play action should dissect their secondary. Zach, it starts with the rushing attack. I mean, you can say that as a canned answer for any football game, but that blueprint was there last week. And it's it's uh, it's it's always going to be easier said than done to cookie cutter that moving forward and just duplicate, duplicate, duplicate. But you have to make the concerted effort and commitment as the play caller, Pat Shermer, to feed those two guys, you know, especially Pookie, man, because you can feel that, like usually for a lot of younger uh, running backs, like rookie, I mean, running backs, Zach, you can feel them about this time of year, they start hitting the rookie wall because they're not used to playing well into like December. I mean, I know we're barely into November a little bit here, but here soon is when they typically start hitting that wall. But I'm feeling the opposite of that. I'm feeling Pookie starting to get his groove going. And so, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, Zach, to, to as a play caller go, okay, hot hand, let's feed him. I mean, it's it should be clearly obvious if you commit to the running game, Javante Williams goes over 100 yards for the first time as a pro. There's no coincidence there. There's a distinct correlation that you commit to something, good things will happen. It's interesting, though, because apparently the defensive coordinator of Philadelphia, Jonathan Gannon, has been rumored loosely as a potential coaching candidate for the Broncos. So how they fare against him and his defense, which has caught plenty of flack, will be a storyline worth monitoring. They have a decent front seven. They have uh, Fletcher Cox. They have Josh Sweat. They have a few other players that can cause some havoc. They have Darius Slay in the secondary. He can pick off a few passes. But other than that, though, they're a completely exploitable defense. And the Broncos should be able to make some hay, to quote you, if they play like they did against Dallas. If we get the Broncos of weeks four through, you know, five or six, it, it could be a, a a long day. Is it Jerome or Jaron Johnson? Either way, thank you for the stars. I have a brother named Jaron. Slightly different spelling, but if it's Jaron, if it's Jerome, whatever it might be, props to you. Thank you. Eclipse jumping in again, saying, and thank you for that super chat, supporting on Facebook, supporting on YouTube, you demand. It says, I can't wait to be the only person in the family wearing orange on Sunday while everyone else will be crying in their green. Peace and love from Philly. And, of course, the hashtag MHHUN. That's right. Troy is one of the great members of our community that exemplifies our philosophy, which is Broncos country. It's not a geographic location. It's a state of being. And Troy's going to be deep in the heart of enemy territory this week. So uh, let's hope you get bragging rights for the week, my friend. And we can't have, you know, don't overlook. I want them to win, Troy, just for your sake alone so you have those bragging rights. But don't just assume and coast into this game like the Cowboys did and think it's going to be a walk through the park. Uh, Travis wants to know, with Fant coming off the CV list, do you put him in over Alberto? Well, first of all, this isn't uh, perfectly um, a perfectly kind of square proposition because Alberto is banged up. He's got a knee. 
Fortunately, we learned today from Vic that it's not the knee that he suffered the ACL last October, so that's good. But Albert's not 100%, didn't practice today. So let's just pretend that he was, though, 100%. With Fant coming back, do you put him in? I do. I got to communicate to him that uh, he's our first-round pick a couple of years removed, and we still believe in you, and we need you to produce. And, you know, if he – the biggest thing I worry about, Zach, with Fant isn't so much that he's not the most proficient blocker because neither is Albert O, okay? It's that the dumb penalties. That's He's had a lot of dumb penalties this year that have really, you know, um, arrested. When the Broncos get a little bit of momentum, they arrest that momentum just, just like you've seen in years past when Garrett Bowles had his problem. Yeah, and it's weird because I just looked it up. Noah Fant, crazily enough, leads the Broncos in total penalties with seven. The next highest is Cortland Sutton with, with Cortland Sutton with four. So you're right. There's something going on with Noah Fant. You've mentioned, and I think it's it's worth noting again that his mother passing could have led to a mental step back for him and not being utilized correctly and not playing up to his own potential as well. Ideally, though, you would go to Teddy Bridgewater, go through the playbook, and and find and identify the plays that he likes with Noah Fant and that he likes with Albert O and, and then keep, keep using those plays in tandem. You have the potential to be, you know, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez light. And I want to see the Broncos keep building on that rather than sacrificing one for the other. Amen. Shout out to Kayaka. Good to have you in the chat, my friend. Hope you're doing well this evening. Um, okay. Let's see. We're at 35 minutes, man. Time flies. Time just flies. Uh, Tarbox again says I went to, uh, the Gios Theater in Springfield, Missouri, a few weeks ago and saw Theory of a Dead Man, right on. They're a little older now, but it was a great show. I got to be honest, I've never really checked them out too much. I've heard some of their stuff, but, um, you know, I'm more of like a, I like a lot of different kinds of music, but my, my first thing is, um, you know, like skate punk, second wave punk rock. Some people, most people call it skate punk, but 90s punk rock, um, Miguel, what's going on? Thank you for being a part of the show tonight. Is Jerry a big part, Jerry Judy, of Pat Shermer's opening up the offense? Zach, what are your thoughts? Uh, Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post had a good story about this. He he basically reported that Shermer's made a conceded effort, con- conceded, concerted effort. Maybe to a get- conceded effort, too. Yeah, I mean, it could be. We're I'll- talking Pat Shermer here. I'll take it, though. Anything to get Jerry Judy the ball in his hands, you see what can happen when uh, you do good things, and it opens up Tim Patrick more, it opens up Cortland Sutton more, it opens up Albert O, the running game. So he's your first-round pick. He he outplayed easily C.D. Lamb last week, and it was a good reacclimation game for Jerry Judy. So, yeah, I think hopefully, God willing, fingers crossed, you know, knocking on wood here, Pat Shermer realized that, hey, Jerry Judy's pretty good. We should probably use him. Agreed. Tim Hoffman with some serious show of love on stars. Really appreciate you, brother. Says, I'm excited to see this O-line this weekend. They did outstanding last week. Almost all rookies, especially minors, bring it. Yeah, you probably don't have Bolsey. Let's see. Let me check the report today. Bolsey. Yeah, he did not participate. I mean, I'm going to show you guys something real quick. The Broncos sent us. This, this is how many players did not participate today. All right. Look at this. Wow. McTelvin Ajim, DNP, Garrett Bowles, Shelby Harris, Bobby Massey, Albert O, Tim Patrick, Malik Reed. Hopefully they get Malik back this week, by the way. Uh, Caden Stearns uh, picked up a shoulder. And then PS2, 
followed by Kendall Hinton being limited, Dalton Reisner limited, and then Mike Purcell with his thumb. Good news is he's getting comfortable with the cast. Uh, I think they've decided to put a club type deal on his on his um, on his hand. So he's he could have played last week because he had the cast on it, but they wanted to make sure he's a little more comfortable playing in the cast. So they wanted to give him a few more days of practice to get him up to speed. But looks like you're going to have big Mike Purcell back uh, on the on the D line, Zach. That's a lot of injuries. Scroll up for one second. For the, I want to do uh, is you know it's kind of disappointing. McTelvin Ajim, that's what jumped out to me, Chad. I know it's it's not through his own fault. He hasn't been used that much, but I thought you know everyone else around him is taking a step forward. Even Deshaun Williams, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris has come to life, and McTelvin Ajim is just not making the impact we thought he'd make, even with Purcell out. Just mm-hmm. as a little aside, I'm counting it up here. He's appeared in four games this this season. 17 snaps against the Ravens, 8 snaps against the Browns, 20 against Washington, and he was able to notch a solo tackle in that game, and 3 snaps against the Cowboys. So, you know, and you're right because Mark Johnson, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. One of my fellow punk rockers in the in the community. Um, my point is on the topic of a gene it's not like it's a murderer's row of proven vets ahead of him. Like, look, Draymond's still kind of finding his way. I get it that he's got some pretty serious uh, draft pedigree, but it's the same pedigree that uh, Ajim has. They're both third-round picks. Purcell's been hurt. They're feeding Deshaun, Deshaun Williams over McTelvin. And I understand, at least on the surface, I can assume anyway, Zach, why, being that Williams just has a little bit more experience and – you know, he's now produced in some pretty critical moments for this team. Not so much as many this year, but last year, man, he he had a really great coming out type season for the Broncos. And then Shelby. Shelby's locked down. No one's cracking his spot outside of a rotational snap or two to give him a breather. But uh, you'd like to see Ajim, I, I agree 100%, be more involved with what's going on up front. It, Deshaun Williams is the Broncos' best nose tackle, and that's kind of you know weird to think about. He really has been a solid contributor, and it's the one thing that Vance did right because he recruited him over. They both uh, were at Cincinnati together. I'm a big Deshaun Williams fan. I just wanted to see more from Majim this year. The legendary God King himself, Mark Langley, from the great state of Georgia. Appreciate you, bro. How you doing? He says, what's up, my guys? I won't be on tomorrow night. The missus is celebrating somebody's birthday so for that person, it's just another day. Oh, wait, so tomorrow is Mark's birthday? Bro, we're uh How, how do we it? celebrate the God King's birthday? Do we sacrifice a hypothetical goat? I've got a goat. I got 3 of them. Well, they belong to my wife, but well, maybe we need, that's what we need take. one. We'll get we'll get we'll get the God King on the show by uh sacrifice hook or crook. Either way, bro, 45 Congrats. Congrats. I'm right behind you, dog. I'm, uh, you know, a couple years behind you, but right behind you in the 40s myself. So happy birthday to you, bro. We love you. Appreciate everything you do. Here's to 45 more, Mark. Thank you. 90-year-old God King. Someday. <laughs> there are more. Uh, Murphy Bros. What's going on? Collectibles? I'd like to know more about this um, Murphy Bros. Collectibles. What do you collect and what do you – I assume you collect and sell or maybe you just collect and – 
um, curate or I don't know, but I see like, looks like action figures or something in your profile pic. Curious to know. He says, what's up fellas. Sorry. It's been a while. I've been super busy. Oh, good. Go Broncos. Love the content as always. Yeah. Murphy, you've been with us a while, man. And uh, we have missed you. We have noted your absence and we're just stoked to have you back. Good to see you back. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying the, the Broncos winning streak. Yo, Justin Martin. Another one that has been with us a long time. Haven't seen him so much in the chat lately. Boom, top rope, making his re-entrance felt. He says, hey, guys, I've been watching all the shows on the way to work in the morning. Haven't been able to contribute in a while. Just wanted to show support to a great show. Thank you. Appreciate you. Love you. Appreciate you, Justin. Hope things are going good. Hope uh, you're crushing it on the job, making some money for yourself. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good to see you. Travis Weber says, uh, happy Veterans Day tomorrow to all in Broncos country who served. Thank you, and God bless. Amen, brother. Amen, indeed. Um, Andrew Lampy says, I'm going to keep spamming it until it is so. We need a Mile High Andrews t-shirt. A Mile High Andrews. I think there's a lot of uh, Andrews, like uh, Andrew... Lampy, Baker, Andrew, Lampy. Andrew Baker, yeah. That's true. That's true. We'll, we'll take it under consideration, all right? We'll, we'll submit it to the board and see what they say, all right? Uh, Terry, what's going on, Terry? Hashtag state of being. Is this the Terry? Could this be Terry, Terry? Terry Randall? I don't know. Confirm if, if you are. Like, give us a code. If something only we would know, if you're really the Terry we think you might be. Blink and if twice. you're not that Terry... <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, okay. Let me see here. I'm going to grab Mark Johnson again, jumping in two times. Love it, dude. Love it. I know you were peanut butter and jelly when you saw that I was uh, at Pennywise the other night. I'm sure you've been to some shows lately, too, though, that I'd be a little jelly of. It was just normalcy. It's great to be able to go to, doesn't matter what your music is, be able to go to a live music event. and Very cool. Uh, Todd Ostendorf says, I'm calling it now. So screenshot me if you want and remind me next year when we get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, Zach, it's been crazy to see how quickly Aaron Rodgers, the reigning league MVP has been lampooned and, um, just dragged through the mud because Mm. of a decision he made with his, um, you know, the sovereign decision he made about his body i'm not here to to um critique whether it was the right or the wrong but the backlash against this man has been just very disappointing in my opinion it's (laughs) it's such phony faux outreach you know from the media you know ginning up this this mob against Aaron Rodgers for for not being v-worded i don't know if we can even say the word yet chad if we're good yet but i don't know um, it's, it's really disappointing and, and kind of disgusting, but it's also predictable and not surprising as well. That's, it's just, that's how the national media and the blue check marks are. That's about that. I don't see Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver. I don't see Wilson coming to Denver. It takes two to tango. They have to want to play here as well. They're both kind of on the back nine of their careers. Would they want to come to a quote unquote rebuilding team if the Broncos go in that direction? How old is Russ now? Let me take a quick look here. In his 30s, 34, I know. 33. He is. 
32. Uh, he's almost 33. He'll be 33 later this month. So he's got another, safely, another five years that you could probably safely predict. Um, interesting. Dave from Georgia, what's going on, big dog? Another legendary Mount Rushmore superstar checking in. He says, hey, guys, off topic, I know, but with Melvin Gordon's contract ending, what are your thoughts on how to replace him? Dalvin Cook's younger brother looks like a second or third rounder. Hashtag Broncos country, hashtag football priest. Uh, I'll tell you how you replace him. You just give more reps <laughs> to Javante freaking Williams. But to, to give you a little bit more meat, Dave, um, running back, there's so many good running backs that come out each and every year. Uh, it's pretty rare that as a team you got to invest a high-round pick in one like the Broncos did this, this go-round. There are going to be a smorgasbord of options for the Broncos to, um, you know, bolster their depth. But maybe that's when Mike Boone finally gets put to use. Think of it that way. Well, you know, I don't see George Payton trading up and drafting a running back in the second round and him looking as good as Javante Williams and then going out and paying Melvin Gordon market value or maybe even resetting the market. It, Melvin has played well this year, and if that continues, he's going to get a big contract from someone. Probably won't be Denver, though. That being said, knowing George Payton's history in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook or the running back there, Adrian Peterson, they always had a good backup behind them. Not always a superstar, highly paid guy, but a decent backup. I'm willing to bet that Javante will be RB1 next year full-time, but you're going to have a better RB2 than Mike Boone behind him. Scotty, you'd have to let – he wants to know on the raffle, do those outside of the U.S., can they be in the running? It depends on where. If it's Canada or even Mexico, then yes. If it's in you know North America, let's say, then yes. Outside of that, um, we could still find a way to make something happen probably if it's uh, the actual winner of the raffle. So, um, whoops. Who is this? Oh, Casey Nickel. Wow. Jumping in with a top rope. We've had three or four top ropers. Casey Nichols saying, and thank you, bro. That is just so generous. You're another one of our great Mount Rushmore superstars that we've missed of late. It's like everyone's coming back to the manger. We love it. We're still here for you. We ne- we, we didn't go anywhere. Uh, so we're just stoked to have you back, Casey. Hope you've been well. Big Dog, he says, agreed. The fake faux Rogers hate by the media is distasteful. They're up in arms about misleading he puts in quotes and saying he's lying while ignoring what he said or twisting his words to make a story the sports pundits for the most part are phony and mislead (laughs) mislead all the time you know here's the thing on it that i don't want to bog down the the chat tonight on uh what is a controversial topic but here's why i think you can pretty well count on the you know, sanctimony being false or being artificial on this subject is we're talking about a man who is tested to the nth degree every single day. Every day. If you're in the NFL, you're getting tested. Even if you have the V word, you're getting tested. Like you're under constant scrutiny. And I don't know exactly what protocols the Packers employ, but just to use the Denver Broncos as an example, I mean, we learned from Teddy today, Zach, that you know, they're taking some serious precautions beyond just, you know, no one's let their foot off the gas on this whole uh, protocol thing to keep teams from getting um, infected. And, you know, they're keeping social distancing and the whole nine yards. So if you're keeping social distancing 
and you're doing the mask thing and you're getting tested every day and you're one of the most elite athletes in the world who probably doesn't have to worry too much about comorbidities and things like that. Live and let live. I, Casey, first of all, thank you so so much. I have so much I want to say on this, and you're right. It's 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 a place for football and sports. Uh, you know who else lies and misleads, though? NFL teams, coaches, general managers, uh, PR people. The NFL itself misleads and lies all the time. It's everyone involved. And I think why the media is, is hoarding around this story and giving it more attention, by the way, than Henry Ruggs literally <laughs> yeah. killing someone right, with his right. car – what world do we live in, man? I, I think it's because the media was didn't do its job correctly. Aaron Rodgers said he was immunized. He didn't say he was V-worded. And the media should have followed up and said, well, are you V-worded? Do you actually have this or not? They didn't do that, and they felt crunchy about it. And now they're just aiming all their arrows very, very phonally, if that's a word, Chad. It's all fake faux outrage. But that's the times we live in. That's the what happens when you have social media platforms with these big followings and everyone gets their voices heard, especially if you conform to a certain narrative. But I digress. You know, I listened to his long explanation, laying things out on the Pat McAfee show. I don't know if you checked that out, but, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like a lot of Americans, has some doubts and misgivings about the V. And so that's all we can say for now. And, you know... Can you fault someone for having doubts? I mean, again, in a in a literal bubble where they're getting tested and all that stuff, it's just the 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 backlash to me just seems like it's jumped the shark. Michaela, back to back to subjects relative to these Denver Broncos, caught the tail end of a Judy story that he might be causing trouble. This is news to me. Zach, you're better at staying on top of this kind of stuff, though. What have you heard? I haven't seen anything. I hope he stays away from Top Golf. That's all I'll say, Chad. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he he's being mature this year. He's he's the drop issues look like a thing of the past, and he's finally getting involved in the Broncos' offense. I have not heard that, but hopefully, he stays out of trouble. All right, we uh, are about out of time here, so I want to grab this one from Leroy, who's a great member of our community, dedicated listener in the chat, contributing to the conversation. Day in, day out. Leroy says, if Vic Fangio goes on another winning streak and comes close to making the playoffs, I think George Payton will bring him back, which I'm okay with, but he must find another offensive play caller. Just my gut feeling. Who knows, man? You know, it's hard to predict these things because complexion matters. I think in most of these type of decisions, meaning like if you miss the playoffs, how did it happen? Like, did you suck it up? Uh, for a certain point of the season and then you turn the ship around. But by the time you turn the ship around, you finish strong on the season. You just came up short. It was too little too late. Maybe George Payton convinces himself to keep him around. But I maintain, as Zach said at the top of the show, we, we share a brain on this. I still think it's playoffs or bust for Vic to stick around beyond this season. You're so right. Context matters. Like if they had a win and in situation, like if they had to beat Detroit and they came out and no-showed in that game, I think that would be enough for Peyton to pull the trigger. But if you keep Fangio around, how do you even get rid of Pat Shermer? How do you justify that when Vic Fangio has so much power that he's hoarded you know, among this incumbent coaching staff? So I think if you, if you feel like Fangio would come back, then you're going to have to resign yourself to the reality that Pat Shermer might be coming back and Teddy Bridgewater might be coming back too, for that matter. The band back together for 22. 
Christian, what's going on, brother? He says, stat prediction for Pookie in 22 with no Melvin. I think if you're the bell cow um, and your name is Javante Williams and you're getting the lion's share of the touches in this or any NFL offense, I think you're you're a thousand-yard rusher. Um, the only thing that Pookie really lacks as a as a ball carrier is and you can you can it's easy to kind of compare because of what you had in Phillip, that breakaway speed. Once he gets to the open field, Phillip was untouchable, like he's gonzo. Pookie doesn't really have that breakaway speed, but that's the only thing. I mean, you really have to pick nits to find any kind of imperfection. I mean, I don't even think you could call it a flaw, but an imperfection to his game. So I can't wait for that moment when he is garnering bell cow share of the snaps. And I think he's a thousand yard guy easily. Yeah. And when you average it out over 17 games now, it's not that many yards per game. One will depend on uh, the coordinator. Is Pat Shermer around next year? I mean, is he going to get the ball consistently? If he does, there's no reason why he can't be a thousand yard guy or maybe even a pro bowl guy. Right now, I think he's the best Broncos running back since Terrell Davis. On that trajectory, there has been others that are in the conversation, but if he plays up to potential, Chad, I watch Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. Javante is running circles around him, literally and figuratively. He is RB1 of this draft class, and the fact that he lasted to the second round itself, it's like Dalvin Cook all over again. What a steal. By the way, let me just make sure my math's right on this, all right? Time 17. Er, yeah. So... He's got 466 yards rushing, does Javante, all right, at uh, through nine games. So let me, let me do that math one more time. 466 divided by nine equals times 17. A little over yes. 100, no? So he's on pace for 880 yards as second fiddle. Now, if our hunch and suspicion turns out to be true, and this is the beginning of him kind of eclipsing Melvin as the guy that's going to start getting more of the touch share, he could still get a thousand in this season. Like you still have a lot of games left to play. And if he goes on a couple of runs, like he would feature games, like you saw in Dallas where he's over a hundred, over a hundred, he, that thousand could get here lickety split. Yeah, but, you know, he's not going to get there if he's given four or five carries in a game. Why he got there was because he finally got, what was it? 17 carries. Yep. So, I mean, that when you commit to him, good things can happen, but it all depends on the game flow and the play calling. Leading the league in forced tackles, forced missed tackles. Beast. 35. Next closest guy, 21 forced missed tackles. Beast. Unbelievable. Cody Dub, appreciate you. He says, hopefully Patrick is full. Are you talking Sertan? Full participant? We'll see, buddy. We'll see. Um, I think we'll maybe have a little bit better bead on things with Sertan on Friday. Could but I was encouraged, Zach, that he was out there at least today. Could that have meant Tim Patrick? But what was the – I don't even know what the context would mean then. Full practice? Okay, yeah, let me look. Let me look. I think he was full or I don't know if he was limited. I know he was on the uh... – Yeah, he was also DNP. So either I think one, he's okay, though. we share a brain. Uh, Tarbox says, still shocked that Shermer stuck with the run game. What a revelation. <laughs> I know, right? What a wild – uh, Marcus across the pond, um, FC, what the heck has the physio, I don't know. What does this mean? Syntax interpreter go. The f- physiology, I think all the injuries of the, uh, strength and conditioning. Yeah, man. That's just a, that's, you know, that's a raw nerve. 
We don't know. We've questioned it now for the better part of three seasons. Yeah, I mean, couldn't tell you. It's, when you have an injury list where like twelve players are DNP, and like your first ten questions in a press conference are, "What's the injury status of? What's the injury status of?" It's every single year. I mean, I tend to think there's something in the building that's causing the problem. But yeah, basically, he's, he's wondering what are the training staff doing. You know, those those approaches. Um, it's like when you go to a training camp practice as a fan. You can observe how coaches are approaching coaching their their positions or if they're a coordinator, how you can actually observe how and what they do. The training stuff, you can't really. And teams zealously guard that um, information. So if you're looking for insight on exactly what they're doing and how that could be the wrong thing, we can't tell you what it is. All we can tell you is the end result obviously points to what they're doing ain't a working. I miss Greek. Guys, we got to get going. Scott, are we, uh, Oh, Dave Glassman. What's good, buddy. Uh, he says, what's up with Broncos book club. It's been too long. Yeah, dude. So, uh, it's coming back very soon and I don't want to make any promises again, um, that I can't hundred percent fulfill, but so let me just tell you, it's coming back soon. Hopefully this Saturday, if not probably the next, but I will be, um, Dave, you're, you're, we're connected on Twitter. So I'll let everyone know on the shows. And then I'll also be tweeting out, letting everyone know once it's officially returned. And yes, we are still rolling with Nate Jackson's um, slow getting up for book two. All right. Appreciate your patience, Dave. Andrew Baker. He says, uh, what do we, what do we think just playing these rookies that stepped up against Dallas and did better than the starters? Um, especially minors. Um, and, you know, Melvin had a good day too. It's hard to say Pookie had like a way better day than Melvin because Melvin was pretty productive too that day. But it's just part and parcel. I mean, look at the content that came out of MHH Monday and Tuesday. And a lot of similar outlets in our, you know, our competition in the Broncos blogosphere, Zach, it was all about the youth movement as procured and, and built by George Payton and what that means for this team's future. It's very encouraging. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, what do I think about it? I think George Payton was a home run hire as GM of the Broncos. I've been saying that since January. I will be saying that going forward. They are in very good hands because you don't have just one contributor. You have four or five contributors making instant impact for the Broncos on all sides of the ball. You have imports like Kenny Young, Stephen Weatherly. That's good GMing, and that's a rookie GM at that. I'm so impressed with George Payton. Troy, jumping in again. Thank you, bro. He says, ask the BTB fellas last night, if we can't get Rodgers or Wilson, how would you guys feel if we were to pursue or persuade Matt Ryan? Oh, man. I like him, don't love him. I think you're just at risk of recapitulating the Joe Flacco experiment. And I think Matt Ryan's better than Flacco, don't get me wrong. Uh, I just think that, you know, he's never been the most twitched up, explosive athlete at quarterback, right? He's like about equal to Peyton in terms of lack of mobility and just kind of a statue in the pocket. And when his between the air stuff doesn't serve you anymore because the arm strength is starting to really take a nosedive. I mean, how much more blood can you extract from that rock? So I don't love the idea to be frank. I mean, I know you guys are going to tell me 28 to three and this and that, but he had Kyle Shanahan and prime Julio Jones. He never won a ring. I really wouldn't see that changing if he came to Denver with more than likely a new head coach or a new play caller. I mean, the guy is getting older. 
his arm strength is kind of, I think, tapering off a little bit. I, it's a better version of Joe Flacco. The Broncos have to do it the right way, Chad. Either you know, bring back Teddy as a holdover or mentor for one year or so, but draft your guy, develop your guy, so you have him for the long term. Go out and get your own Matt Ryan. Don't you know, just pick up someone's leftovers. Amen. Andrew Lampy again saying, let's say it's Teddy for one more year. What is your guys' realistic expectations on the contract it would take to keep him? Um, well, it depends on how the season shakes out. Like if he leads the Broncos to the playoffs as the whole season starter, he can probably re- come close to writing his own check, frankly, whether it's from Denver or another team. Because, you know, you got to remember, he led the Vikings to the playoffs uh, in his second year. Then he got hurt, and that interrupted all his momentum. He kind of washed out in terms of anyone really viewing him as a bona fide, uh, not even just as, uh, well, I'll just say a bona fide starter. He was not really viewed that way until Sean Payton got him. And then he got those five straight wins for the Saints, and suddenly all things were possible again. Carolina Panthers gave him some money, and then he crashed back down to earth. So if he leads this team to the playoffs, Zach, I could see him getting a, a contract, even if it's a two-year type deal where the basically year one's the only thing guaranteed, 20 million bucks, I could see it. And the question you'd have to ask is, if that were the scenario in which he enters oh, free agency, having led the Broncos to the playoffs, are you willing to pay that to bring him back for another go-round? I, the question you have to ask yourself, did the Broncos make the playoffs because Teddy Bridgewater? And if the answer is yes, then you have to pay him. But if the answer is no, and the defense did it, or the running game does it, I'm a little reticent, Chad, to hand Teddy 20 million bucks, even on a two-year contract. I was looking up what Ryan Fitzpatrick got, what Andy Dalton got for this season. It was a one-year $10 million deal. So maybe you split the difference. Maybe it's $15 million for two years, $30 million overall. I think that would be the way the Broncos go, but they can just they have leverage and say, listen, there's other quarterbacks out there. We have a first-round draft pick we can use to draft your successor. It, it wouldn't be a slam-dunk guarantee that Teddy would get 20 and God, I don't know if I would write that check. That's me personally. Cody clarifying about Tim Patrick and the knee. Yeah, all we can all we can do is hope, bro, on that. I don't think it's anything serious. I think he's getting a rest day. Yeah, maybe might get two. So we'll see if he practices uh, Friday. George Fox, thank you, bro. He says, why do you think we keep picking up guys from the teams we're getting ready to play? Then we cut them. Don't understand. Well, it's, it's simple NFL espionage, you know. Like right now, Mac McCain and that tackle, Zach Tuck or whatever, yeah. they're, they've been debriefed. They're getting insight on their offensive and defensive, um, you know, play calls, snap counts, tells, this, that, and the other. It's a commonly used tactic for NFL teams. Um, Broncos are no different. I think Belichick kind of popularized that, doing that. And uh, also they have Ronald Darby who played for Philadelphia. So they have a lot of inside access to uh, the workings of the Eagles. Shout out Clayton, appreciate you. Shout out Yvonne, greetings, appreciate you. Um, but guys, we really do got to go. Um, Mike Reno says, giving, me, giving some stars to keep the streak going. Great show, guys. More to come Sunday. Thank Thanks, you, buddy. Mike. Thank you, brother. And to Travis as well, wishing everybody good night. Um, with that, Zach, if you want to do yep. the rundown, I'll pull up how we finished on, on Facebook. Well, I wanted to get this off my chest real quick. Fred Durst hopping in. Love your music, Yo, Fred. Yo, Biscuit in the house. <laughs> I guess it's so universally agreed what Ruggs did was terrible that there's no, you know, there's no bickering about it. The thing is, what Ruggs did can't be politicized. What Aaron Rodgers is doing can be politicized. You can't politicize a car crash and driving drunk, but you can politicize 
the V word. I want to just get that off my chest. So a lot of people yeah. are pointing to that, and uh, it all comes down to politics. Left and right is everything nowadays. But that was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself. At Kelberman NFL, go to huddleuppod.com and get a hat like Chad's wearing right now, football priest hat, football priest shirt, coaching, coaching, coaching shirt, uh, mugs, hoodies, anything and everything is in that store. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Broncos Book Club, as mentioned, Trickle Zone and Kelberman's Corner each and every week. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, just subscribe, like, and share. It takes a few seconds, and it helps us reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to these great super supporters. How it finished on the boards this evening. Randy Jones at the very, very top. Phenomenal, dude. Thank you so much. Tim Hoffman right behind him. Travis Weber, Mark Johnson, Andrew Baker, Andrew Lampy, Shane Daniels. Wow, guys. I mean, four and five digits. We love you. Thank you. Uh, Travis Tarbox right behind him. Doug Raquel. This right here is the great Eclipse Stormborn Troy. Uh, Miguel Santistavan. Santistavan. Rad. Thank you, Miguel. Appreciate you. Marcus Lewis Henna, GLP, George Fox, Jerome. I'm going to say Jerome. Johnson, Claude Riley, Nathan. Love you, buddy. Yvonne, appreciate you. Down in Mexico, hashtag state of being. Dave Glassman and Mike Reno. Much love to each and every one of you. <laughs> Meet us back here. Uh, yeah, one of these days, Greg, we'll get her done. Good idea. Good dog. We'll get her done. Um, we'll be back here tomorrow night and we'll see you guys then. Mile ahead mailbag time. Take care. And as always, Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.